On this episode of This Is Game Boy Light, we keep the gears churning. Welcome to a, another episode of This is Game Boy Light, episode 54 to be exact. I am E. Bloody Candy, and today we will be talking about a homebrew game created by Ben Jelter called The Machine. But before we dive into the game, just a bit of an update of what's been going on. Uh, I do apologize that this light episode has, uh, has come out so late. Uh, I have had... A decent amount of life problems, I guess you can say, um, over the last few weeks slash month, um, ranging from friends having some some family personal matters that I've been trying to be there for and help out with to uh, my own health issues and uh, trying to resolve them as well, but. Here we are, um, healthy, taking meds, sleeping, doing what I need to do to recover and keep living life and keep talking on a podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, for those that don't know, I uh, I had I had some personal issues come up, uh, personal health issues come up, and um, it put me uh, it put me in a in a pretty big hurt. Uh, emotionally and and physically as well. So uh, I've been uh, my life has been pretty much turned upside down for the last two weeks, and we're just now starting to turn it right side back up. So uh, thank you for being patient and uh, understanding as to why this light episode is coming out so late. Um, but. Uh, Beyond the life update, uh, if you guys want to know more, if you want to know the more detailed stuff, you can shoot me a DM. I'm pretty open about it. Uh, I, I it, it's, it, there's, there's nothing to hide. It's not a secret. I just fear we won't go into full detail on the episode. So, uh, if you do want to know what happened or if you're curious at all, shoot me a DM at me in Discord, and I'll, I'll tell you. Um, it's. It's serious, but it's not a. It's nothing to be ashamed or secretive of. Um, gaming update though: Wrath of Classic, Classic Wrath of Lich King World of Warcraft just launched this week. So, a few friends and I have been no lifing that for the last couple days. Um, I tried playing the new Saints Row game. Just it's so mediocrely bad that it's just really hard to play right now. But beyond that, I haven't been playing much for video games. Uh, a lot of it's just been behind the scenes stuff and dealing with personal issues. So I haven't really had time to play a lot of games uh, and trying to and get the Tiny Ten uh, rocking and rolling and ready for reveal. Uh, in October and the race in November. So uh, not much of an intro, I guess. Just a, hey, thanks for being patient type deal, which uh, I thank you all for. Uh, but I am extremely excited to talk about this game. 
This game has been on my radar for a long time. Ben Jelter is arguably one of my favorite homebrew Game Boy uh, creators. And he knocked it out of the park with the game called The Machine, uh, which was his first, I believe, physical released Game Boy game. So uh, when we come back, I will dive into the game for you all and we'll get right into it. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. I uh, hope you enjoyed the song. Uh, whatever I don't, I let I've given legs musical musical liberties of this episode. Uh, I gave her I gave her the music options to choose from. Um, I gave her the options to choose from, and it was her choosing of whatever song that she chooses. Uh, the machine has a lot of good music in it. I will just say that. So, um, so to start the machine. So let's talk about Ben Jelter for a little bit. Ben Jelter is the creator of the game called the machine, but I implore you to go onto itch.io because he has created some of the most fascinating homebrew games I have played along the horror genre for Game Boy. Um, one of the first games I've ever played from his, and it was a game I had on my radar for a long, long time, was called Possum Country. Uh, if you've never played Possum Country, or if you are curious at all about Possum Country, it's an event. It's it's a pretty linear adventure game that uh, takes place in the middle of the nowhere in the woods, and you come across basically like a religious cult in a trailer park, and you kind of have to figure out what's going on. It's a relatively short game. It is free on itch.io. Um, if you know anything about Waco, Waco, Texas, the incidents that happened at Waco, uh, it gives a lot. It gives off a lot of Waco vibes, and it it's a it's written super super well, and the cutscenes are done immaculately. It's such a really good short game to play the other game that he created and this one's a new one i believe this one came out in 20 either 2021 or 2022 it's a game called i think i want to say it's decide or decline i can't tell by the text but um this game kind of plays off of glitch and uh polybius so if you don't know what the story is behind Polybius, Polybius was an arcade cabinet that came out in the 70s. Um, that came out in the 70s in the uh, West Coast in the Portland, Oregon area. And whenever people would play it, they would get really sick and either, either be sick or they would end up dying. Um, and it, apparently it was some sort of mind control device or some sort of test by the U.S. government. There's a lot of conspiracy behind the arcade cabinet Polybius. Um, but they take the basically Ben took the story of Polybius and kind of broadened it and expanded it into the real world that is today and made it a lot more personable with a character and that game that game is also a short game but that game has three or four different endings to it 
and all of them are super cool. Uh, really, really uh, suggest checking out that game as well, too. But um, so those, that's, that's how I got introduced to Ben Jelter was by those games alone. And I follow a lot of homebrewers on itch.io. So I knew he was making a new game called The Machine. Um, however, I didn't want to play the demo because just looking at it from at face value, to me, I was like, eh, it's just another another adventure homebrew game made in Game Boy Studio. It's like once you've played one, you've kind of played them all. So I never played the demo and... I realized that he was putting a ton of time into this game. And I mean a ton of time. And um, eventually I found out that he was doing a physical release for the game. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's that's cool. That's cool. And they made a website about it. I would I would continually check the website. And I would always just think, I'm like, I should pre-order the game. Because like I'm probably going to play it eventually. And it would be nice to have a physical copy of it. But also, like, the other part of me is, like, it's just another adventure game made in Game Boy Studio. Like, how different could it be? Um, I eventually ended up uh, pulling the trigger and pre-ordering, pre-ordering the game, pre-ordering the collector's edition of the game. Because uh, I'm a sucker for physical, physical uh, copies of homebrew games. And um, the pre-order was the pre-order started in February 16th of 2022 on Incubate Games, and uh, I believe I got my copy of the game June 2022. Uh, so pre-order the same year as arrival. It, it is an adventure game published by Incubate, created by Jen by Ben Jelter. Music is by Lunches Lunches Lunch Z Lunches however you pronounce the name um and they they knocked out of the park the music in the game is so goddamn good like the last few homebrew games osts i've played have been outstanding just out of this park so so good uh and the game is built with game boy studio as well the one cool thing Probably the my, the biggest draw to this game for me was that this game has over 25 endings. <laughs> so there is a lot of replay value with this game. Um and to and to get to each ending is so uniquely cool because there are multiple ways to reach the same ending as well too so you kind of have to understand like the game mechanic and how the world is operating around you to achieve certain things so going into that let's dive into the story of this game the story for this game is kind of all over the place because it builds off of literally the first five minutes of the game so when you first boot up the game, you go through the you know the whole hey you know Ben Jelter the machine press start to you know press start to start the game. Once you start the game, you are put into a classroom and you have to take a test. Now the first time you play this game, you don't know any of the answers to this test because you you physically have to choose the answers. It's up to you the player to take this test and it's an aptitude test. So if you fail this aptitude test, 
you are then taken, you're like, oh, you failed the after test. Now you can only take on one of two careers. You can be a factory worker or you can be a policeman. Um, so if you chose a policeman, then you start police academy and you go through that whole thing. And as you're going through police academy, you realize that there are corrupted cops. And some of the corrupted cops approach you and be like, hey, you could be a real cop, but you could make a lot more money if you were a corrupted cop type deal. And uh, so, like, as you start to choose these things and as you start to play through the opening careers, whether you chose a factory worker or you chose a police officer, you start to, and you start to ask questions around the world and you start to talk to NPCs, you start to unlock the answers to the aptitude test. So you talk to a cop and be like, hey, you know, how many people live in the machine? And the cop says, oh, there's 15,000 people. And if there was a question on the aptitude test asking you how many people lived in the machine, 15,000 would then be highlighted for you on your next playthrough. So what this means is you have to continually play through the game until you can figure out every answer on the aptitude test. And the better you do on the aptitude test, the more careers you have you have access to, which changes the story and the gameplay of the game. So for me, when I played this, you know, I chose police officer as my first career when I failed the aptitude test. I was corrupted. I made a crap ton of money. And I killed the gang leader and became the kingpin of the city and took over his bank account. So like I was top dog of the city in the gang in the gang realm uh, when I finished my first playthrough. Um, so that was it was kind of, it was fun. It was super cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, but as you, and, and you can change the course throughout as well, too. So if you're a police officer, you can choose to remain a, 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 an, an uncorrupt police officer. And later down the line, you might get a revisit and be like, hey, are you sure you don't want to be corrupted? Here's some look at all this money you could have. And then you can become a corrupted cop and kind of pick off where you left off. Or you can start off as a corrupted cop and be like, hey, you know what? This ain't the lifestyle for me. Sorry. And, you know, you got to do your thing after that. Um, it's, it's such a super, super cool way that the atmosphere changes and builds around your choices. Um, it really makes you feel like it's a new, it, it's a brand new AAA game where, like, as you choose things, the world around you changes. Ben Jolter was able to recreate that in a Game Boy game. So that just kind of tells you the level that we're working at right now. Um, so as you've completed, so once you finish your first story, you got some, you got, a, you know, a couple of questions answered. Uh, when you finish the game, you know, you get some credits and whatnot. Then the game restarts and goes right back into the aptitude test again. 
So you go, you see your little guy walk into the classroom, you start taking your aptitude test. Now you see those answers are highlighted and bolded that you know now because you learned about them in your previous playthrough. Um, and as you've complete endings and complete special things throughout the game, you quote unquote unlock achievements. So there are quote unquote achievements in this game as well too, that you can check out and see what endings you've done. So like, you're like, oh, I wonder if I've done this ending. You can go see if you've actually completed it. Um, so you don't have to think about it or write it down in a notebook to be like, I wonder if I did this or not. So when it comes to what the story is, like the story is consistent at the start. You take an aptitude test, but after that, it's completely wide open. You can be a police officer. You can be a factory worker. You can be a gangster. You can be a freedom fighter. You can be a politician. You can be uh, a news person. You can be, you can be an artist. You can be so many things. You can be a prisoner. <laughs> there are so many things that you can be in this game and the story for all of them are so uniquely different and you can get to each one of them in various different ways throughout your playthrough. So not one playthrough will be the exact same as the other. And it is absolutely phenomenal that that can happen. It's like if you, you and your friend were playing the game, your friend would have played the game completely different probably and made different choices than what you could have done. And you could have either, either A, came to the same result, or B, one of you could have been a, a, a gank kingpin and the other one of you could have been rotten in a prison cell. So it's the stories are the stories is that open in this game. And when it comes to the gameplay, so it is a top-down-ish look. You know, it is an adventure game, but it's not—it's not an adventure game that you've really have played before. And what I mean by that is, is that this world is called the machine. It's a moving machine with different levels in it, and each level represents. Um, the class hierarchy of people. So like at the very bottom is basically the, the, the slums, the, that's where like all the homeless people are. That's where all the drug people are. That's where you don't want to be. That's where the majority of the crime happens. And like the next level is like your middle class, um, your factory workers, your policemen, stuff like that. And then right above that is your upper class. So these are your politicians. These are your gang members. And these are, you know, the people that make a ton of money. Then above that is like your corporate whatever. Um, so, and you have to traverse through all of these different floors. And each of these floors will cater to you depending on what your class is. So like if you're uh, if you're homeless or if you're if you're a if you're a drug addict and you try to go to like the corporate level, they'll be like, no, you don't belong here. Get out. Like there's no reason for you to be on this floor. Like like the NPCs will treat you differently depending on how you are. Um, so as you play through the game, there are sometimes items that you can buy with you know you buy with your money that you earn from your job or things that you discover along the way that doesn't 
that takes you completely off the path that you were on. So you could be like, oh, I got some bolt cutters. What are these for? Then you magically find like a, a door that's wrapped in chains. You're just like, use bolt cutters. And it's like, oh, this opened a random door somewhere that I never, I never, I never had a purpose to go to, but I wanted to explore. And now, now I'm on this other side path. Now that's going to lead you to a completely different ending, probably and completely different options for your character. And it's going to change the story of your playthrough. Um, so that's how like the gameplay works is you take this aptitude test from there you get you you get your job and depending on your job is how people are going to treat you throughout the rest of the game and how much money you're going to make throughout the rest of the game so the more money you make or the higher class that you are the more opportunity you have and the less money you have or if you're homeless or a drug addict or a freedom fighter the less opportunity you have and you have to fight very hard to get your opportunity back. So it's a very, very politically driven game as well too, where you have two political parties that are battling to take control of the machine. And uh, you have to choose, you have to choose a political side that you're on Um. And you have to do various things with the with the political parties as well too. It's a super super interesting idea, and Ben Jelter literally knocked it out of the park with this. Um, when it comes to the graphics, this is a game that it very much looks Game Boy, but the graphics are so unique, and the character sprites are so unique that you would look at it and you would be like, yep, that's Game Boy. But wow, those graphics look nothing like I've ever seen in a Game Boy game before. Um, they're just, they're, they're very, very unique. They're very, very, very creative. And I don't think... I think if we were to go a more quote-unquote realistic style, I don't think it would hit the mark as well as the sprites that that Ben made for this game did. Um, With the music, the atmosphere, and the sprite work, everything just meshes together very well. And the neat thing about the machine is that the machine has like this beating heart and that is how like the machine is working basically and it has like these lungs that are like pushing out smoke and it's it's just a revolving machine and it's a living breathing thing and as you complete your playthroughs you have like loose you have the devil or like you have death that's like hey like your time has ended this time but you know what it's time for you to go back again and you know, make new choices and blah, 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 right back to the aptitude test. Uh, it's it's just a super super unique atmosphere, and I cannot. I, it's so hard to describe just how creative the game is, um, because like I said, like you can do 
whatever you, you you can do almost whatever you want whenever you want however you want and the more money and the higher class that you are the more openings and opportunities you have to do create to do more crazy stuff and if you're a homeless or a drug addict or a freedom fighter you literally start a civil war in the machine um like you literally get to kill people to take over certain things of the machine it's absolutely bonkers of how this game it just represents itself and how it kind of represents real life um when it comes to the sprites all the sprites kind of look the same ish you can tell that there's different quote unquote races uh, because the you know the races will look different, but um, some of the sprites do look the same. But even though the sprites, some of the sprites look the same, you know who each one of them is because they all have a, they all have their own personality associated to them as well. Like you have a roommate, your roommate is a just a sloth, just a gross, disgusting being. And its personality comes out perfectly for that. Uh, just every NPC has such a unique personality to it. And even your own character has its unique personality associated with it because of the aptitude tests and the careers that you have taken and the choices you have made through the game. So um, we're going to take another quick short break. When I come back, I'm going to go through what my thoughts of the game are, the good and the bad. There is no ugly with this game, in my opinion, and what I think of homebrew pushing forward. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. So what I think of the machine. So like I said, the machine is something I had on my radar and I was I was kind of tossed in the air. I was like, I could, you know, I could I can spend the 10 bucks just buy the digital copy of it because it's just another Game Boy Studio adventure game. I'm like, or I could have a physical copy of it. And I've after a lot of him and hawing, I eventually went with the physical copy, which I am exceptionally happy that I did. Because Incubate Games does such a good job with their packaging. Um, in this game alone, I got stickers, I got a CD, I got um, the proof of authenticity. Obviously the game, the manual, the box just feels good. It feels quality. Um, it's just a good product and incubate games always does a great job with their physical product so kudos to incubate and ben Jelter on that um so going into it like i kind of 
I knew ish what what to expect simply because I I've I've read the website. I read about the game a little bit when it was uh, in pre-order, and so I I knew a little bit of what I was getting into, but I didn't know fully like what the game was going to offer me. So as I as I turned it on and started playing it, it granted me with this aptitude test out of the gate, and I was like, "The heck is this?" I don't know the answers to these, so I'd guess on them all, and I failed. I got like one right, I think, on a lucky guess, and I failed. I was like, okay, well, that was expected. Like, how am I supposed to know the answers to that? And then, um, I'm, you know, it's like, oh, you can choose to be a factory worker or a cop. I was like, oh, I'll be a cop, you know, like, let's, let's, see, let's go down this path. And... Right away, I was like, I was blown away with, like, wow, like, there's personality right away here. Like, my character is unique to the world right now. And then when I met the roommate, I was like, wow, I have a roommate that I'm going to have to interact with every time I come home from work. And then when I went to police academy, I was like, huh, holy shit, you know, like, there's so much I have to interact with. It was almost a little overwhelming as to how much I had to do right out of the gate. Um, And there isn't, like, the game is super linear, but there isn't hand-holding, if that makes sense. It's like when you first start out, like, you know what to do and what you got to do. And even, like, the map shows you, like, what floor you need to go on. But... The game, so like the game hold hand holds you in the in the fact that like hey this is what you need to do this is where you gotta go, but it doesn't make you go there right out of the gate. So you can kind of just adventure around the machine and interact with a bunch of just other people, other NPCs in the game, and eventually it starts to open up other paths, and you're just like oh I want to go down this path, but you're like. Oh, I don't, and I'm like, ah, I don't have money yet to do that, or like, I don't know how that works yet, or it, it just it just kept opening up more curiosity for me, to the point where I, I started writing down like, hey, like, you can buy bolt cutters for this, like, oh, hey, there's a weird passage down here, or hey, like, this guy seems pretty sus, like, maybe if he had a different career path, and. um so as I was playing through it, like I was taking those notes and writing that down and trying to figure out like how it all worked. And I've beat so then I finished my first playthrough. And I was like, oh, all right, pretty cool game. And then right back to the aptitude test. But this time I noticed that I had answers highlighted, and I was like, oh, oh, those are the answers that I got from my previous playthrough. I'm like, oh, that's neat. Okay. You know, it's so like then I started getting better aptitude scores. And I got to the point where like I was like acing the aptitude test, or and I was almost getting the one hundred percent. And I was, so like other career opportunities were opening for me. So I could, I could I saw from the bus I was able to see what life was like in the game from absolute rock bottom, and what life was like to be at the very tippy top as well. So I'm just like, wow, like this game is insane. There's so much to do. And honestly, that's probably one of the weaker points of the game, too, is that there's too much to do. So if you're like me, I love adventure games. 
But the problem is, is if I find something on the side, I'm now more focused on that than what my task was at hand. And I'll end up spending hours going down the side path and it will just lead to a dead end uh, or something that I won't know to do until the next playthrough. So as much as the open worldness and, and the extra stuff that you can do is rewarding and is really nice to have is also a little bit of a hindrance of the game really early on, especially if you'd never played the game before, because you're going to come in you're going to come across this and you're like, what is this? How do I do this? And you may not know what it is or how to do it until your fifth or sixth playthrough of the game. So that's probably one of my biggest knocks to the game. Um, the other big knock I have with the game as well, too, is sometimes your decision that you choose isn't really clear uh, when you actually choose it. So, like, a question could be like, hey, do you like color red? And you can be like, no. And from there, you can be like, they'll be like, oh, well, okay, well, now you're a drug addict. Or it's like, do you like to color red? And you'd be like, yes. And from there, you'd be like, well, now you're president of the machine. And it's just like, what? So, like, there's there's some parts of the game where, like, your decision, you feel like, hey, if I said this, this person would probably act really positive towards it because they like to hear that. And you choose it. And then they're like, how dare you talk to me like that? And then they treat you like a peasant the rest of the game. And you're just like, what the hell just happened? So there are times where you kind of have to read through the lines on some things and kind of, like, quote, unquote, read the room when you're choosing a decision as well too um which is it's not a full knock but it 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 can be confusing and it can kind of frustrate you when you're doing your playthrough because you'd be like oh i'm gonna finish as this profession then you accidentally chose or like you chose the decision you thought to push you forward but in actuality it's like nope now you're taken back 10 steps and now you can't achieve that ending that you wanted or that profession that you wanted because you didn't quote unquote read the room correctly. Um, so it is cool, but it can lead to frustration. Uh, other things I kind of didn't like about it. It was just, there's uh, like adventure games is always traveling and there's always backtracking, but I felt in the machine. If even if you were doing the linear quests I felt like there was so much backtracking to various floors that you never needed to go to. Um, Cause you have to go from the top to the bottom. That's four or five floors. And you're just like, Oh, can there be an elevator or why am I in the basement? And like, now I have to traverse through like six screens in the basement to get to the steps. And there, there's this, there's so much backtracking. So the atmosphere becomes very, very, very repetitive over time, which can lead to a little bit of boredom, especially at the start of every playthrough. Cause the start of every playthrough is pretty similar. Um, the, the, the things don't get really different until like, 
like, I don't know, like after a quarter of the game is done or a quarter of the playthrough is done, things then start to get a bit different. But the first, you know, like 10, 15 minutes of the game, 20 minutes of the game is very similar all the time. So you're always seeing the same scenery over and over and over again. And this game has over 25 endings. So you're seeing the same thing over and over. And eventually, like the map just burns into your brain. And you can literally just navigate it with your eyes closed because it's it's just it's so monotonous, um, which is to be expected in a game like this. But uh, it, it, you know it, that's just that's just the way of the road. That's how that's how it goes. But um, but with homebrew games coming down the pipeline in the future, like the machine. There are, in my opinion, there are two gold standards in homebrew right now: the machine and shapeshifter. Shapeshifter and the machine are the gold standard, in my opinion. That that is the top of the bar. Like if you want to be with the best of the best, you strive to be like the machine and shapeshifter in that in the realm of that quality. Um, the the, the homebrew market right now is getting really saturated and it's actually for me really concerning uh, as much as I love Game Boy Studio and I think the developers and the helpers and volunteers and everyone with that project has done a phenomenal job and they're very smart and passionate people I do think that the Game Boy homebrew market is getting oversaturated with people seeing these physical homebrews come to life and people are being like, hey, I have a homebrew. I made my first homebrew game. I'm going to charge $30 physical copy for it when the game is just broken all to hell. Um, or people just don't realize this, how much work has to go into a polished product. Um, I have played so many Game Boy homebrew games now. And I they, and I they and the games I have played have ranged from quick five minute games to flat on like five plus hour games with the machine. Um and you can just tell if it's their first game they've ever made or if it's you know they just like I want to get a I would I just want to get a quick couple bucks and threw out a ROM and charge charge you two bucks for it, or they're like hey you know what this person made a bunch of money with this type of game I'm going to do that too, and they basically just copy or mimic what the what the original author did, like it's just I feel like the homebrew market right now is it's starting to get a little bit in a bad place. And I think people are too nice about, or they're too nice and they're too worried about hurting developers' feelings. Um, and the reason I say that is because I've recently came across, I, I've recently got a homebrew game. I won't say the name of it. I won't say the developer of it um, for various reasons. You can go on my Twitter and figure it out probably. 
But I got a I got a I got a homebrew Game Boy game that I was I had actually been really expecting and I really wanted it. I really wanted to play it. I've been waiting for it for a, for a good couple years now, and I finally got it this year. Played it, and it was and it it still is obviously because you can't hot fix it. It's riddled with glitches and just unpolished play uh, gameplay. It's just, it's not a polished product. Um, so, like, I pay 50 bucks for a homebrew Game Boy game from Kickstarter from a, from a, from a homebrew creator who has released homebrew game, homebrew game Boy games and other platform games in the past. And I play this game, and it's, it's super, super unpolished. You, there's glitches, there's... There's boss mechanics that just don't work. There's 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 just there's there's just so much level of unpolished. That it's like, hey, this game should have went through QA before you even released it. It seemed it was as if no one ever play tested the game. Almost, they just wanted to make sure the levels worked, and that was it. So, and then I play games like Shapeshifter from uh, Green Boy. And like I have some complaints with with the shapeshifter game, but like the story is super well written. Um, there's not much for glitches at all. You can and the it, you can immerse yourself in those types of games. So I feel like right now we're 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 encroaching in a dangerous a dangerous part of Game Boy Homebrew. That it's getting where it's oversaturated. So if you know anything about the uh, the history of Atari, you know the video game crash was because Atari was just oversaturated with shovelware, and I feel like Game Boy Homebrew is starting to get to that point where some people might be like, "Ah, eh, it's a Game Boy Homebrew game. I've never heard of this person. I'm not even going to bother give it a try." Because it's probably going to be not great when it could be a masterpiece. Um, or you're going to start seeing, oh, I see this person made another homebrew game. I bet it's another, I bet it's just, just as good as their last one where I got to clip through a wall right away in the game and be able to recreate every glitch I can talk about. And, you know, it's like now some people's like reputation is going to start to take a hit and, I don't know. I feel like as much as happy as I am to see people passionate and excited to make Game Boy games, I'm also concerned about people taking it, taking advantage of it and saturating the market and making it to the point where like Game Boy Homebrew is going to be a joke and kind of a laughing stock. So it's a little worrisome, but um I think if you keep your eyes open, play the demos, do some research on the creator, uh, and just read about the game. Maybe see if there's some like early release footage of it. Uh, I, th- I think we'll be fine with it. But I do implore you to go to itch.io and just check out just the game, the free Game Boy homebrews that are out there. Some of them are quite good. Um, some of the free itch.io, you know, some of them cost like a dollar or two, but some of the free ones are, are really good, like Mary's Errands. 
super short, really linear, super adorable game. Took me 10 minutes to play and beat, and it was it was a very enjoyable short homebrew game. Um, Cherry Rescue, one of the OG Game Boy homebrews to be released. Super short game, 12 minute blind playthrough. Fun, fun little platformer. Um, Ruby and Rusty uh, save the crows from from Max Oakland. Game took me an hour and a half to 100%, and Max was nice enough to work with me for the video and for the playthrough. But the, the game is the game is amazing, and he actually just physically released the game. And when I played through it, we found a bunch of bugs, we found some glitches, we gave him some ideas, and he you know what? When before the physical release was sent out, he made updates, he fixed the bugs to the best of his ability, and he took in the feedback that he saw on streams and playthroughs of the game. So, and I, I love Max Oakland. Max Oakland is one of my favorite homebrew people uh, for the Game Boy community. He's done so much for the community uh, and has made some very interesting and really cool games. So I, I very much love Max Oakland. But um, like Neighbor, Neighbor is a game that you probably would never encounter. But you know what? The game was the game was super super good for a horror game it starts out so strong uh and it ends even stronger so and it was a free hio game so i i I would just i would i would tell you to explore the hio game boy homebrew scene find find some free ones that kind of pique your interest just by the title Check them out, play them. Uh, chances are, maybe that creator has done something more, or has collaborated with another cr- another creator and done something bigger. So, it's kind of how I found Sam Mallard. So, but um, yeah, with that, thank you all for listening to me ramble on about the machine. I highly suggest you play the game. Uh, the digital copy of the game, I believe, is ten bucks. You can go to uh, incubategames.com and the machine is available as a physical release for $60. The physical release is heckin' cool. Uh, like I said, Incubate Games does such a good job with their packaging and their, their quality of product. So if you're into the physical collecting, highly recommend this one as well. Uh, highly recommend just playing the game. 20, 25 plus endings, great soundtrack, killer sprites, figuratively and literally, and just a very personal and adaptive atmosphere to the game. Like it's it's a Game Boy game that you have that you've never played before. And I mean that, and like it's a game you've it's a game you've never you would think you would never be able to play on a Game Boy. It's it's crazy it's it's crazy good. It ranks in the top three Game Boy homebrews for me. Um, number one is still Pine Creek. <laughs> number one is still Pine Creek. Pine Creek will probably forever be the number one Game Boy homebrew game. It is an adventure game it is outrageous it is t- creepy the ending just 
blows your socks off because I didn't even see that ending coming in Pine Creek. So, and I can usually figure out the story pretty quick. But uh, the machine is a top three on very easily. So, with that again, thank you for listening to me talk about the machine and Ben Jelter. Ben Jelter, if you do listen to this podcast and this podcast episode, thank you so much for creating so many awesome Game Boy Homebrew games going from the free games that you have on itch.io to your physical copy release of the machine and congratulations again on the physical release outstanding game phenomenal game outstanding author and creator um, and the team for the machine was outstanding as well so with that if you have any suggestions at all for the podcast you can reach out to us on Discord, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all those fun things. You can even hit us up individually. You can find me, Candy, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, uh, just at eBloodyCandy. You can find my awesome co-host, Mula, M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H, on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, and Instagram. You can find our awesome, wonderful, awesome, wonderful, beautiful producer, Sprinting Legs. Sprinting Legs on Twitch and Twitter, and Legs on YouTube. And make sure to check out her project website, SprintingLegs.com, where you can actually check out the Game Boy Manual database, where we are trying to collect all of the Game Boy manuals out there in the world ranging from English all the way to Japan, China, South America, all regions that we can possibly get to make a collective of those manuals. You can also check out some of the speedrunning tools we have for speedrunning conversions from Super Game Boy 1 to Super Game Boy 2 or Game Boy Player or whatever it may be. Uh, oh, yep. So It's been a while since I've done a closing. We have a... We have a PayPal, so if you want to monetarily support the podcast, we have a PayPal. Uh, We can't tie Discord into PayPal, so if you do donate one time to the podcast, please let myself, Mullah, or Legs know. We want to thank you and give you stuff and just say, hey, You support our podcast. We love you. Thank you so much. Um, We also, we have a Patreon. So if you are a patron, you can subscribe. And it basically, this is what helps us pay our bills for hosting and whatnot. Uh, If you're a patron, you get access to behind the scene notes, some bloopers. Uh, You get premier access to a Let's Play series called Haunt Hunters where Mullah and I will play through horror games and post them up to YouTube. So you get the first sneak peek premiere look before the public gets a chance to even watch those videos. Uh, Right now we're in the process of kind of reworking some of the monthly or like some of the milestones because we started live streaming uh, our bigger podcast episodes on retro gaming live TV. So we are changing how some of that stuff works. Um, we have a merch store, uh, merch.thisisgameboy.com. 
So there you can get a shirt and a coffee mug and Mullen and I are discussing providing other shirt designs and other stuff that you can you could collect or buy as well. And again, all that money goes to supporting the podcast directly, mostly paying our bills and helping to pay Sprinty Legs. So um, any one of you that any of you that buys this is Game Boy merch, please take a picture of it, post it on a Twitter and add us. We want to retweet it and show the world that we are the number one Game Boy podcast in the world because I think we might be the only one in the world. But you know what? Since we're the only one, we're number one. That's how it works, and that's all we care about. Gold gold trophies all around. We understand money can be tight in some areas, and in the way that the world is working right now with inflation and all that fun jazz, um... Sometimes you can't support things monetarily, and you know what? That's perfectly fine. Listening to the podcast, interacting with us on Discord, giving us five-star ratings on your favorite podcast platform that you listen to us on, downloading the podcast, um, just interacting with the podcast, interacting with us and the community is huge support enough and it's so fun to interact with you guys and talk with you all and see what you all are up to i enjoy watching the screenshots get posted in our discord channel of really obscure like game boy color games and game boy advance games and hear people's thoughts on like how things were made and see like oh hey did you see that you know so and so released the original ost of this song and it's just it's so fun to interact with the community and have everyone of like just be passionate about like the the little Game Boy, the little handheld that got us through the the late '80s all the way into the early 2000s, and uh, it's just very enjoyable. And I I appreciate and love you all that listen to the podcast and talk to us about Game Boy, video games, life, whatever it may be. Um. I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't know what I'm missing. So you can find all that information on thisisgameboy.com. Uh, links to our Twitches, links to the YouTubes, links to the SoundCloud, links to all sorts of stuff. Um, all these episodes are also available on YouTube. Um, the this is Game Boy YouTube. Uh, showcases a gameplay footage while we talk about well the game so if if listening to the stuff if you need something more visual definitely check out the youtube side of things uh mola and sprinting lakes put a lot of time into those video or they put a lot of times in the template to those videos and they put a lot of time making the videos and uploading them so definitely give them a, a check out for sure uh but yeah i think that's how we close it's our cl- our closer our closings are so scripted you would never know it all right they sound the same every episode don't at me um but we're gonna end it there thank you all again for listening to this podcast episode of the machine i'm e blood candy and the next time you hear from me it will be with mula where we talk about castlevania the adventure until next time stay safe stay healthy and ta-ta
on this episode of This is PlayStation 1.